Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here, back at you with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, we took a little bit of time off to enjoy the fact that it wasn't winter, and uh, we're back at people with uh, some fresh episodes, huh? I know. D- people, did you miss us? I hope. I'm, I, I'm sure people <laughs> we were. We were out there gathering new ideas, new interacting <laughs> with the world, and getting away from schedules. Yeah, you got to go, go out in the world and, uh, and, and get uh, pod fodder. For the uh, for the pod for the pod cannon, so uh, we're gonna do some uh, recess talk. I know we, recess is a a recurring theme on the show. What what are we what approach are we using to recess in uh, in this well, episode? Well, it was kind of funny on this um this summer. I was uh, we're still working on how to swim with my kids, so we were at the pool a little bit in various lakes, and I bumped into an old uh, teacher friend who teaches elementary, and we got onto the subject of recess because. What a good subject. Yeah. And she said, um, you know, it just breaks her heart. She's elementary school, the young ones. Um, you know, she works with kindergarten first, maybe up to second grade. And she said it breaks her heart when children come up to her out at recess. So picture this. Mm-hmm. It's recess time. There's kids all over outside, and they come up to her and say, when can recess be done? We don't know what to do. Can it be over? When's it going to be over? Uh, well. And this is just, you know, I, this wasn't much of a problem in the past. No, well. <laughs> it seems to me like this is kids who aren't used to having their own time. Well, I, it could it could be that, Heather, but it could also be the fact that the playgrounds haven't installed any any video screens. So, I mean, what what the heck are they supposed to do if there aren't any? If there if there's not a 60 inch plasma TV um, every every hundred yards or so on the on the playground, what are they supposed to do? Well, that's true. I hadn't thought of that. No, this is this is a thing that I've seen too. They children never have their own time, and so when they get it, they don't know. They don't know what to do with it. Um, it's a it's a sad reality too. I th- I think. And what do we do about it? Yeah, and I you know also some of it could be that playground um, rules can be pretty limiting to the point where kids can't run or things like that. I know at this particular school, one of my children got in trouble for scuffing wood chips because the the ground was all wood chips and so instead of using the playground equipment which wasn't that interesting to him he was making little pads with his shoes uh-huh. you know through the wood chips and apparently this was very bad so he got benched you know during recess time because you weren't supposed to mess up the wood how, chips how how dare he mess with the fall zone well i mean part of it is is it, 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 that's that's right the uh, the 
Well, the, the schools build boring playgrounds. Just about everybody who builds playgrounds builds boring playgrounds. I guess there goes our chance of getting a, a big playground manufacturer to come in as a advertiser. But uh, but it's true. The stuff is is very static. There's not much you can do with it. And once you do the things you can do with it, you either start squishing your foot, feet through the uh, wood chips or you go to the teacher and say you're bored and, and hope you can go in, inside out of the sun and be bored. Um, Simon Nicholson in his theory of loose parts talked about this and about the fact that, you know, creating, creating environments where there is, where there are variables increases creativity and interaction and engagement and, and, um, most of our playgrounds are lacking all of that stuff. Right. And, and the, the, the biggest variables on a playground are the other children. Yeah. I mean, they, they're pretty interesting little critters. And <laughs> if you're a six-year-old or a five-year-old or whatever age, the other children around you, are they change every few minutes and every day. They're not the same as they were the day before. And so those are the biggest loose parts of yeah. variables is the other children. Absolutely. But that can also be intimidating because if kids have not had a lot of practice interacting socially, they don't have those skills to, to know how to react or to know how to initiate play. So they might be surrounded by very interesting loose part variable children, but not know how to play with them and not know what to do with them and feel isolated or, or feel scared or just feel bored. Yeah, yeah, right. It's 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 a risk. And, and when we talk about risk and early learning, we're, we're always talking about, you know, going up the slide or falling out of trees, a physical risk. And I, I talk about this and you've written about this. It's the, the idea that there are, I mean, the social risk is a huge part of those early early years and if you're if you don't have practice if you haven't been exposed to opportunities to take social risks it's very hard to walk up to a a child you only kind of know or maybe don't know at all and ask them to play or 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 start an engagement with them right i mean i think that my childhood playground wasn't very exciting it was um a big rectangle of blacktop mm-hmm but we had tremendous fun out there. And over time, they decided that wasn't good enough, so they brought some dirt in and made some fake hills and planted grass seed, which, of course, got trampled. But they tried to add a little variety, and they added some old tires and different things. Uh -huh. But to start out with, it was just blacktop. And, boy, we never had a loss of what to do with that blacktop because there were a lot of children, and you ran out there, and you did all kinds of things. Did you have any so monkey bars in your... Did you okay. did did you have any monkey bars in your in your asphalt? Because our all of our playground equipment, the monkey bars and the the just the the bars where you could go up and spin or do pull ups or whatever, all of that stuff was just right on the asphalt. No fall zone. Except, I mean, the asphalt oh, was the fall zone. No, did you have we that? We didn't have any fall zone, but we also didn't have any any equipment. Didn't have any equipment. With a wall around it, was a city school with blacktop and a wall around it, and um, then later they, as they say, they added some uh -huh. old tires which, you know, then you could climb up and climb in. Yeah. But but we weren't at a lack. I, we were given chalk and balls. Mm -hmm. And other than that, you know, we'd steal each other's hats and run around and play chase games and play jump rope. And whatever we did, it was all um, physical running and or sometimes just chatting with a friend or yeah. playing different games. But it was with the kids. And having no equipment at all, uh, 
sort of sparked the creativity of what we had. So sometimes the equipment can be boring, but sometimes having no equipment can be just what kids need too. Yeah. How how, how did you don't have to worry about it? You know that they will come up with something. However, if they're not used to it, um, I think adults need to, if they've got a crop of kids who aren't used to playing and aren't used to coming up with their own ideas, they might need to do some weaning <laughs> to gradually get them off of the idea of being entertained and, and help them get into the groove, not the idea of leading the games and leading uh, teaching recess, but getting them started a little bit and then backing off, because I think this is sort of a, a, a modern situation where uh, maybe a new strategy is called for if you've, got, if you've got some children that really don't know what to do. Give them some tips. And then get, then leave them alone and let them play. Well, it, it becomes one of those one of those opportunities where direct instruction can be valuable. I mean, when we force direct instruction on kids, there there are a lot of ways to do direct instruction wrong. But when there's a skill that they are interested in developing, and you've got some experience with those that that little coaching from the side or whatever you want to call it can be a, a great opportunity to impart a little bit of adult knowledge and experience and wisdom on on kids who are who are struggling in a situation like that right and that can help with with um, initiating play too mm -hmm. if you as the adult notice that a couple kids both like a certain thing you can say hey i noticed so and so likes to do this too or um did you know that this is you know this is Sarah, did you know her name? And just a little bit of um, helping out to break the ice, that h helps with adults, too, <laughs> introducing yeah. friends to friends. So it's, it's a natural thing to do, um, uh, and it can help give the kids skills by watching us um, make those social introductions and connections. Now, the exact opposite of that is what, what, do you, what, do you, what are your feelings about just uh, – just giving them the uh, "Hey, you can figure it out" kind of uh, kind of approach. Or, well, I, I'm or, a big or, proponent of, of that. It does depend with what kids you have. Yeah. Because I think if the kids are really feeling stuck and feeling nervous and feeling frozen, then it's it's um, helpful to get them unstuck. Because if if they're so used to following rules and instructions and, and adult structure and maybe screen entertainment and they really don't know what to do, they might need a little guidance. But I am a big believer in kids will figure it out. If you leave them alone to be bored long enough, they will make funny faces and laugh at some joke that is beyond me and they'll <laughs> be off and running. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they can do a lot of interesting facial expressions that will keep them entertained for hours. <laughs> It's like, talk about loose parts, the human face. Um, I, the human face is a great set of loose parts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of creating opportunities for children to actually reap the benefits of boredom. And I, I think we don't, we don't have, uh, we're in such a hurry that we don't, we don't allow for that as, as much as we did. Because we spent a lot of time bored for the first half of recess and then talking and figuring it out and then something would come up and then we'd moan and groan when it was time to go in. Another difference that the kids are experiencing now from, from when we were coming up is, is that recess is, is, is probably a lot shorter and there are, are probably a lot fewer of them than there were 
um, the many, many, many years ago it, that, that, that it was that we right. were going out for recess. Exactly. And one of the things I think when adults, if, if you're a teacher or if you're somebody that's in charge of, of, a, of a school program and you're hearing earfuls of when can recess be over, we're bored, we don't know what to do, my, you know, please don't take that as a signal that, oh, kids don't really want recess, we should make them shorter or cut them. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, that's a sign the kids need more recess. Yeah. Because longer recess and more will help them develop those skills. And, and help in the classroom, too. And for those interested in these topics, I do have a huge section in my book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, about recess and, and its benefits and its issues that we can work on together. Yeah, and if you if you search the uh, the Renegade Rules archive at Playvolution HQ, if you just search Renegade Rules and recess, the past episodes that we've done where we've talked about recess should come up there for you too. If you're looking for a little bit more pod on the topic, um, I, I I think that would, the whole boredom thing, when recess is eight minutes long, you and and kids are trying to figure it out. They don't get to through the process of figuring it out and the getting on to play. Back when we had recesses that were 20 minutes or half an hour long, we could spend 12 minutes trying to figure out what we were going to play and negotiating, and and then right. we would have that time for play. We don't we don't even give them time to settle in. So right, it can take the creative process and the social interaction and negotiating of rules and finally figuring out the roles of who's going to do what and how it's all going to work can take time. doesn't always, Yeah, it can take time. The recess I had in elementary school was three times a day, morning, lunch, and, re and afternoon. And what would often happen is we'd develop a game in the morning and then have to stop, but as soon as we got out for the next recess, we could pick it up right where we left off and save all that time. Yeah, yeah, you just you just you just go and I mean sometimes the the game would go not only multiple recesses but multiple days you'd keep that same go say I mean we'd play kickball um and it would be the same teams and we just pick up at where we w where we left off and it would just go once you right. once you built all of all of the uh all of the did all that groundwork. Now, granddaughter Rowan started school since we last recorded and I think she, oh, she's into finish she's finished a week now. And uh we got a copy of the schedule uh ahead of time and she has one, I believe it's 20 maybe it's 25 minute long recess at lunchtime throughout the day. And it's a it's a real packed day, and that just doesn't seem like enough. Now, we've talked about it, and we've had guests on about the importance of recess in the past, and, and, and still schools aren't... aren't uh, no, they're getting the pressure to uh, pack the curriculum rather than to grow the children, how, how children actually grow. Um, so, yeah, we can get into yeah. all this topic in a, in a big way, but just briefly... Lunch combined with recess, although convenient for adults, is really not beneficial to the kids unless they have other recesses in addition because they need more than one break. And lunch is a social break as well as a physical get some nourishment break. So having recess combined with it doesn't help their bodies and minds the rest of the day. And having other breaks during the day helps them learn, helps their memory, helps them um, digest what they've just learned as far as cognitive skills, but it also is a huge emotional and physical release for behavior and for 
healthy well-being so that they can, I mean, kids are kids, and they have to get their giggles and their pokes and their jumping up and down out. Um, and they're going to get it out in the classroom if they don't get it out at recess time. So having a break in the middle of the morning and the middle of the afternoon is best. And if also at lunch, that's great, too. Yeah, yeah. And 25, 20 minutes is way too short, especially for the elementary age. And, and gym class is not the same as recess. No, no substitute whatsoever. We're still told what to do. Yeah, very structured time. Yeah, when when yeah. when we saw the schedule, um, I I kept my mouth shut because I I I mean you yeah um and but my my wife Tasha she she mentioned to my daughter that oh, only one recess and and the daughter's like oh, but there's but there's gym like every day and and uh, and, and and Tasha explained that it, that it was a different thing and and, and then. Apparently, it doesn't matter to the daughter. But anyway, um, I, it's... A big, big, big part of recess is the chance to be yourself. Be your own boss and have a little bit of power be, and control. And just think your own thoughts, mm -hmm. move your body the way you want, not have someone tell you what to do. It is a big breath of relief for kids to not have to be what someone else wants them to be at that moment <laughs> and just be themselves. Yeah, and that we all need to recover who we actually are. Pretty nice for us so adults once in a while to have that too, huh? Yeah, we need to <laughs> we need to remember to be ourselves. So if you do hear kids saying, "What do we do? When can recess be over?" Take that as a sign that they need more unstructured time, maybe at home, maybe at school, um, and that that's a sign that they need more recess rather than not less. So don't less. give in to the boredom cry. And let's help these kids figure out who they are because that's what the world needs. The world needs for them to be themselves. Hey, that sounds like a good place to wrap it up. This has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We hope you tune in soon for another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thank you for clicking on over to our websites and, and seeing what we got going on over, over in those places. So, um, hey, we're glad you're listening. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.